everybody, and welcome to New Vine Community Church. We are very happy to have each and every one of you here with us today, and welcome to those who are watching online today as well. All right, I'd like to invite everybody to stand. We'll have a word of prayer and then get started with worship. Lord, I want to thank you for bringing us all together here today safely. I want to thank you for everything that you've done in our lives throughout the week and everything we know you'll continue to do. We just ask that you come be in our midst today as we worship you. In your name we pray. Amen. time to worship and come now is the time to give your heart come just as you are to worship and come just as you are before Some will confess you are God, and one day every knee will bow, and still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. And come, now is the time to time to give your heart and come just as you are to worship and come just as you are before your God and come one day every time we'll confess you are God and one day every knee will bow and still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now and one day every time we'll confess you are God and one day every knee will bow still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now and come now is the time to worship and come now is the time to give your
mountains and the sea. Your river runs with love for me, and I will open up my heart and let the healer set me free. I'm happy to be in the truth, and I will daily lift my hands, for I will always sing of when your love came down. I could sing of your love forever. 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 Over the mountains and the sea, your river runs with love for me. Of when your love came down, I could sing of your love forever. I could sing of your love forever. I could sing of your love forever. I could sing of your I know when the world has seen the light, they will dance with joy like we're dancing now. And I could sing of your love forever. I could sing of your love forever. I could sing of your love.
Gonna take a second, turn around, and say hello to somebody.
I'm Allie, and welcome to, if you're new here, go ahead and pick up one of these forms from the seat back in front of you, fill it out, and drop it in the offering bag as it goes through. Help us give Christmas to needy families this year. Pick up a list of suggestions, or just buy a gift or two. Bring them back, unwrapped, and we will give them out to people at our help center. You can bring wrapping paper also, so they can wrap their gifts. Thanks for helping. We will be wrapping gifts for Anthony Wayne School on Monday, November 27th at 4 p.m. Come help us serve our schools. Thanks for watching the announcements. If you need any more information, go to our website or pick up a bulletin. Thanks for being here and enjoy the service. You good? How's everyone? Tired? If you get tired, just take a nap. I'm preaching. If you want to go to sleep, it's perfectly biblical. You can go, turn to the book of Acts. Paul's preaching and, and Eutychus falls asleep, falls out a window, dies. They raise him from the dead and so it's cool. So we promise we won't do that part, but if you want to go, if you want to, go to sleep, you can do that. Um, Thank you guys for helping with Thanksgiving. If you're a guest, we have like a free store in Franklin. We've been open since 1993. We have about 1,600 families that we help with food and clothes all the time. But we had to move because the, the school bought our building. So we're on Main Street. So we did 100 families this year. So thank you guys for helping with that. And then then we start back up with Christmas. So uh, we do a uh, – we, we handpick different families. So we got 126 kids already picked Uh that we'll do Christmas for. We set the church up like a store. We used to do it down there, but we don't have room. So if you buy things, bring them back. There's a list on the way out and put them in a room and then, and don't wrap them. And then families can come in. They can pick out a couple things, uh, for their family. Make sense? So it's a, it's a good deal. Liz does all that stuff. I'm just a gopher. How's that? Right? Um, this week we had two funerals. We had a human funeral and the dog funeral. So if you didn't see on the news, the, the police dog in Franklin got killed. Uh, the guy, I think intentionally, he was going north on River Street, going almost 100 miles an hour, and hit the intentionally hit the police car. So that was that was crazy. This whole section was filled with police. The, you know, I told someone this is I'm a, I'm a horrible Christian right off the bat. So so it's been a good day to rob a bank in Franklin. Okay, but in, anyway, because <laughs> everybody was here, Every, Carlisle Police, Franklin Police, Springboro Police, people from Dayton, Cincinnati, Cleveland, everywhere. But it was it was it was touching. It was, it was cool. So. Uh, there's a scripture verse I use because um, they asked me, have you ever done a pet funeral? I said, well, I've done two dogs and a squirrel. <laughs> and uh, in, the, in the Bible, in the book of Romans, chapter 8, it says that all of creation groans and wakes, waits for the second coming. And so I used, used that scripture and then all the other things. But it was cool. Um, that's it. This week's Thanksgiving. So let's say a prayer and we'll take up the offering. The first service, so I forgot to do the offering. So they're going to revoke my preacher's license. So anyway, let's say a prayer. Thank you for your love and mercy. Thank you that you give to us. Help us, God, to give it away. In Jesus' name, amen. God damn. 
demonstrates his own love for us in this. We were still sinners. Christ died for us. Amen. Amen. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. We were still sinners. Christ died for us. Amen. Amen. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. All right. Is everyone ready for Thanksgiving? Almost? Yeah. We started a series um, eight weeks ago, which is crazy. Time goes really fast, right? I think the older you get, the faster time goes. It's nuts. Um, on uh, what if Jesus was serious? And uh, at the end of the first, the first week, I, I said Jesus was serious. But we're not that serious, okay? And so uh, we've, we've looked all the way through, and uh, so today we're going to talk about the road not taken, then next week's the last one, and then we go into Advent and get ready for Christmas, okay? And I'll just remind you, uh, Christmas Eve is on a Sunday, so we'll only have one Sunday morning service, like at 10 o'clock on Christmas Eve, and then we'll have our normal two Christmas Eve services, one at 5.30 and at 10.30, and you can wear your pajamas, right? People do that anyway, so, right? So... Um, Let's have a word of prayer and I'll read the scripture. So Lord, just thank you for today. Thank you that we could come and worship you. Uh, Lord, we have so many things to be thankful for. So God, help us just to remember that not just once a year, but all the time. So God, speak to our hearts. Help us to see what it means to have a relationship with you and, and what it means to live this stuff out. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. In Matthew's gospel, this is the Sermon on the Mount. That's what we've been talking about for eight weeks, uh, if Jesus was serious. And so uh, listen to this. This is Jesus speaking. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ferocious wolves. By their fruit you'll recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown in the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Then I'll tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. This is, this is a scary passage of Scripture. Let me read it to you from the message. The message is another translation um, that this pastor did for his congregation because they weren't getting it. So the message is a good translation. He puts it in modern language. Don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for a successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. Don't fall for that stuff, even though crowds of people do. The way to life to God is vigorous and requires total attention. 
Be weary of false preachers who smile a lot, dropping with uh, practiced sincerity. Chances are they're out to rip you off in some way or the other. Don't be impressed with charisma. Look for character. Who preachers are the main thing and not what they say. A genuine leader will never exploit your emotions or your pocketbook. These diseased trees will, with their bad apples, are going to be chopped down and burned. Knowing the correct password, saying master, master, for instance, isn't going to get you anywhere with me. What is required is serious obedience, doing what my father wills. I can see it now at the final judgment. Thousands strutting up to me and saying, Master, we preached the message. We bashed the demons. Our super spiritual projects had everyone talking. And do you not know what I'm going to say? You missed the boat. All you did was use me to make yourself important. You don't impress me one bit. You're out of here. Wow. Jesus is my favorite person. You know that I told you the crazy story once we went to, to La Comedia and saw, I think it was God's spell, you know, and then the cast lines up and you go through and you shake hands. And I got to Jesus and I said, dude, you're my favorite. I said, you're my favorite through the whole thing. You're my favorite. You're my favorite, period. Choices. Life is all about choices. We have to make them every day. You made a choice this morning. You go, I really want to sleep in, but I'm going to get up and go to church, right? And so so we make choices all the time, and, and those choices determine everything about our life and, and about our future. Jesus is summing up the Sermon on the Mount with, with choices. And, and uh, so he does this. He says there's two gates that lead to two roads, two kinds of prophets which show us two kinds of fruit, two kinds of confessions, and then next week Mark will finish with two kinds of foundations. And so choices are important. And, and the choices that you make. And so um, we've been talking about that life is, is just about choices. And those choices will determine your present. And they'll determine your future. So every week we say, if Jesus was serious, then he actually expects us to do what he said. That's number one, right? Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life. And only few find it. Look at this picture. There's there's a thing called Orthodox. You know, uh, we think of the Orthodox Church. It means the way things are written down here. We have Orthodoxy, which is right belief. Then we have Orthopraxy, which means right behavior. And so Orthodoxy minus Orthopraxy equals hypocrisy. A lot of people say stuff, but they don't practice what they preach, right? Orthodoxy plus Orthopraxy equals Christianity. That we're supposed to do the things that we say. And... Uh, I have a, a, I don't know, I like signs. I read signs. Church signs are a trip. You, you know what I mean? You read, our, our church signs are pretty plain. Like, you know, I had, I had, uh, thank you veterans. Then I had thank you fury. Now, now I changed this morning. It says thank you God, right? So sometimes you go by church signs and you have no idea what they're talking about. When we, uh, my kids were little, Paul, our fourth son, we'd always ask him, Paul, what do you think this sign means? And he could never tell us. Okay. But I remember signs. Uh, I remember going into Sycamore Hospital once about, about 20 or 30 years ago. And they had a sign at, just in the hallway. And it says, your life is like a coin. You can only spend it once. Be careful how you spend it. I thought, that's a good sign. And then I remember this other sign that I saw inside a church in the bathroom. It said this, unless we do the things that we say we believe, it's just religious talk. A lot of times we say things and churches say things, uh, but we don't do things. Jesus was preaching, okay, and he wasn't just preaching for fun. He wasn't trying to impress the crowd, even though the, the Sermon on the Mount is, is an awesome oratory. 
He was, he was saying things because he wanted people to change. He was preaching for results. Okay. Uh, he wanted people to change the way that they were living. He wanted people to change the way that they thought about God. He wanted people to, to change the way they thought about other people and how they treated people. And so he's kind of hammering them down there and, uh, uh, he's telling what God re- requires. And he tells them this one thing. He says that we're on different paths, but this is the deal. The popular path, he says, leads to destruction. That, that broad is, is that road. Wide is that road. And, and wide is that gate. And then, then he says this, the narrow way is the way. His path is the way that leads to life and it, and it leads to eternal life. And so he's, he's, he's challenging them. He says, okay, which road are you guys going to get on? And, uh, so he wasn't just trying to impress people. He was challenging people that you need to change. Okay? Repent. The word repent means to change your mind. So if Jesus was serious, the second thing is this. That character, I'm, and you might get out early. you guys mind to get out of church early? Anyone mind? One person? Two people? You guys are nuts. But anyway, okay. I want to get out early because I want to get down and get me something to eat. Uh, if Jesus was serious, character matters more than accomplishments. Jesus is more concerned about this stuff on the inside of us rather than, than what we see on the outside. Listen to what he says. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ferocious wolves. By their fruit you'll recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but bad trees bear bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree can't bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown in the fire. Thus, by their fruit... You'll recognize them. Jesus just gives an illustration. Like we use these things as illustration. Jesus is walking along and there's the lilies of the field and there's all these different things and there's the sheep and the goats and blah, blah, blah. And, and there's these trees. And he says, you know what? Trees can only bear a certain kind of fruit. It's either good fruit or, or it's bad fruit. And so Jesus says this. He says, by their fruit, you'll recognize them. And it's not just looking at them and listening to them that you'll recognize them, that you'll see the character behind that person or that that teacher, okay? Um, Jesus tells us tells us even back then there are lots of teachers and preachers, you know, and they look good and they may look successful, but by whose standards? Now we're Americans, we have our own standards. And in America, standard is big, standard is numbers, standard is money, but that's not necessarily true. Here's a here's a crazy picture here. Um, here is the church of fulfill your dreams and fellow and, and fellowship, right? You know, uh, when I see this and I even say that, I'm, I'm messed up, by the way. Um, my mind flashes back to the movie Napoleon Dynamite. Anybody ever see that movie? It's off the wall. Uh, Pedro's gonna run for president, class president, and he has a sign and he says, vote for Pedro and all your dreams will come true, right? And, and I remember as a teenager, I've been a Christian for a long, long time, and as a teenager, I'd go to these big, uh, youth rallies and things like that. And the guy would preach and he'd say, come down front and trust Jesus and all your life will be great and, and you'll be taken care of and everything's going to work out wonderful. How many has that worked out for? <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Come down and trust Jesus and your life is going to, you're going to have some trouble because life is full of trouble and all kinds of things go down. And so, so sometimes people will say this stuff and we talked about it last week, you know, about prosperity kind of stuff, right? And the only people who prosper are the ones who say that stuff and you send them money. Uh, Jesus says, just follow me. And following Jesus isn't the easiest thing. It's, it's the narrow road. And sometimes it's tough. 
And sometimes, not sometimes, a lot of times life is tough. And you've got to get up and you have to deal with things. But you need to follow Jesus because he's going to be there with you. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And I, I mean, I did two funerals this week. You know, uh, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you know, I'll fear no evil because you're with me. And so life is tough sometimes. But the narrow road is, is, is not an easy road. Uh, it, it's a hard road. Um, Jesus says that you'll know them by the kind of fruit that they bear. Okay? That's the deal. Uh, because like I said, we, we, we equate success, you know, with money and, and power and all that. And, and Jesus says, he says it's character that counts, right? Um, when I think of fruit, I think of the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is this. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there's no law, right? Go back to the fruit picture, Pat. I forgot to bring it up. The evangelical industrial complex, that just sounds crazy. But, but, but Christianity is big business. Okay. You ever try to buy a Bible? You got to get a loan and get a, get, sell a kidney. They're, they're not cheap, right? So, so we measure everything because we're American things. On the left, effectiveness, power, impact, influence, popularity, relevance. Okay. That's, that's the kind of fruit that we produce. On the right, the kingdom of God, generosity, mercy, honesty, gentleness, faithfulness, humility. Totally different. But that back to the fruit of the Spirit. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, and temperance. I'm King James in it. I'm sorry about that. Okay? It just kind of comes out. Years ago, there was a guy who came to our church, and, we, and we, we have house churches and small groups. And he had a small group, and he was hitting on one of the girls in the group. Not good. Okay? So I confronted him about it and fired him. Can you do that? I said, you can't be a group leader anymore. And, and he was here. Pat had my back upstairs. And by the way, look back in the booth. There's Pat. He's alive and well. Pat had a heart valve replacement. They like split him open and gave him a new heart valve, right? And uh, he was back at work. Uh, he had to do a funeral with me Wednesday and, and, and the dog thing Thursday. People says, you can make, Pat's here. I said, well, he's got to work. You know, I can't, can't let him off. He had a heart thing. You can't let him off for that. Plus, he wanted to be here. At, at one point, he was running things from his hospital room because he can do things remote. So glad to have him back. The place wouldn't operate without him at all. But anyway, this guy comes in, and I'm confronting him, and he's a great old big guy, and he starts yelling at me and hollering at me, throws his keys at me because I made him give me his keys. And he says, you've never just been around a spirit-filled man of God. In my heart, I wanted to punch him, but I didn't do that right. So, so, But but in my mind, this, this passage, I said, you know what? The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and all those things. And then he walked out mad. But he, but he wanted to give this image of like, hallelujah, dude. And, uh, I'm not very good with people like that, okay? But he, he's gone. And, amen. And, uh, right, I'm a great Christian. I said, don't let the door hit you on the way out. But, but, because we can't let people do stuff like that. I don't care if he th- thought he was this or that, that he was spirit filled. The fruit of the spirit is, is what's supposed to happen in our life. It's not all the showboat stuff. It's, it's love. It's just doing the basic things every day. It's caring about your neighbors, taking care of your kids. It's coaching little. It gets doing stuff at the school. It's opening the door for that person. It's not killing the person who pulls out in front of you on the interstate. Right? It's, it's those kinds of things. And Jesus says that you'll know that person by the fruit that they bear. And so if Jesus was serious, character matters way more uh, than that. Uh, the fruit reveals, I think, what kind of person they are. Because the, the real stuff comes out and, uh, 
Jesus illustrates it. You know, he says you can't get grapes from thorn bushes and you can't get figs from a thistle. That that good trees bear good fruit and bad trees uh, produce bad fruit. Um, it's clear that the fruit Jesus is looking at is defined by character and not accomplishment. Jesus is more concerned with, with our character than, than all the stuff that we do or the things that we say we do. Jesus was serious. Then calling him Lord, Lord isn't enough. Now listen to this passage. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. That passage used to keep me up at night. Growing up as a little Baptist kid, you know, I thought, maybe I didn't say the prayer right. You know what I'm saying? You know about the prayer, right? The sinner's prayer or whatever prayer you pray to get saved. I thought, maybe I didn't say it right. Or even worse, maybe I didn't really mean it. Anybody crazy like that as a Christian thinking, oh, maybe maybe I didn't do these steps exactly right. You know, the four steps, the four spiritual laws, maybe I missed step three, you know, or whatever. And so that that kind of scared me a, a lot. And, and maybe I didn't understand the Bible enough. You know, if I'd only known more, maybe I'm going to get there and God's going to go, Sorry, Chuck, <laughs> you missed the boat. And I thought, oh, crap. Uh, I shouldn't say that in church. But anyway, uh, but I had those thoughts because I was a preacher's kid and I was a Christian as a kid. And I thought, wow, what if I messed up? What if I missed it and didn't didn't say the magic word, you know? Um, but that's not what it's about at all. You know, Jesus kind of comes along. He, he, he warns them. Uh, he's warning his hearers. He's warning them about the path that they're on. He's warning them about false prophets. He's warning them about self-examination. And he's telling them that many people are going to be surprised at the judgment day. The key word in this passage is evildoers. The word means those who practice lawlessness, okay? And this is what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying that these people didn't submit to his authority. They were busy doing their religious stuff. They were busy doing all these things, great things. But it was for them and it was for show and they left God out. Does that make sense? When I say that, I think of a a passage in the Bible from the book of Revelation. It's the church at Ephesus. Jesus writes, uh, speaks to seven churches in the book of Revelation. And at the church of Ephesus, he said this, I know your works and I know that you do all these good things, but I have only one thing against you. He says, you don't love me like you used to. That they missed the point that it was about love. It's easy to do church stuff. It's easy to do religious stuff, but God wants to notice our heart. Do we really love him? Do we really love our neighbor? I remember uh, when I was going off to seminary a long time ago, I remember an old preacher told me, he says, don't lose your faith while you go to seminary. Okay, and I thought, what? How's that possible? Because in my mind, seminary was going to be heaven. I was going to study the Bible for three years. You know, I was going to learn all this stuff, learn Greek and Hebrew and blah, 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 and all that stuff. And I did. But I can see you could get so wrapped up in all this stuff that you forget why you're there. And that can happen a lot of times in religion. You can be very religious and you can do all the church stuff and you can jump all the hoop through the hoops and you forget the reason. Jesus wrote another letter to the church in Revelation. It was, I think it was the book, uh, the church at Laodicea. And, uh, uh, in, in, Re- in Revelation chapter three, verse 20, Jesus said this. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man will hear my voice and will open the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. King James Version. 
Okay, it's a picture of Jesus outside. And, and, and growing up, we always use that passage as a thing that God's knocking on your heart's door and you open up that he'll come in and you can be saved. And he ain't talking about that at all. He's talking about Jesus is on the outside of the church and, and the church has been busy and they've forgotten the stuff and he's knocking and he wants to come in. And which is a sad picture. Jesus wants to come in and he wants to be the center of things. It's not about us. Okay. Uh, it's about him and, and, uh, Jesus is saying to these people, you know, that God isn't impressed with all the stuff you do. Um, you need to love God. You need to do what he tells you to do. You need to be sensitive to him. Um, the people, they look good with their words and their spectacular preaching, uh, but they didn't do his will. We can do all the showy stuff. Here, here's a picture with Christian clothing. I think it's a hilarious picture. Lord, Lord, got, the guy's got Make America Pray Again hat on. Uh, he's got a, the, a Hebrew tattoo. He's got a study Bible. He's got Tommy Hellfighter. <laughs> he's, he's got a Tommy Hellfighter shirt on, right? He's got, a, you know, he's got all kinds of stuff. And, and so he's probably got bumper stickers all over his car too, right? I, I hate the, this is the one I hate. Um, I hate the one that says Christians aren't perfect, they're just forgiven. As that person passes you or runs you off the road you know you know what i'm saying like what okay this is the deal jesus says just show me don't tell me in other words do the stuff my first sermon that i preached was on john 3 16 for god so loved the world the second sermon that i preached when i'm 18 years old was on james chapter 1 it says be doers of the word and not hearers only that we're supposed to do the stuff we're not supposed to just know this stuff we're supposed to to do this stuff and and we're supposed to, to to live it out um, we do it because God loves us and, and God, God knows what's going on. It's not the outer life that counts. Okay. It's the inner life that counts. Um, we can do the showy stuff, you know, but, but Jesus says it's, it's that we're just to love God and love our neighbors. Um, an example I think of, of, of our heart is that uh, Jesus told the story about two guys went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and one was a tax collector. And the Pharisee got, got up to pray and he says, God, I just want to thank you. You know, I'm such a great person and, and I'm not like that crazy sinner back there in the back and all that. And then the, then the tax collector couldn't even look up and didn't even go up front, just beat his chest and says, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus said, one of them went away justified that day. It wasn't the showy guy. It was the humble guy who just says, God, I, I, I know I messed up. Have mercy on me. God cares way more about your heart than the showy stuff. And that's what Jesus is saying to these people. Um, it's, it's not the outer life, it's the inner life. And this is the deal. If you have the inner life, then I think the outer life will, will follow it. it. It'll, it'll come along with you and, and you'll do your stuff. God knows your heart and he knows if you love him. And that's the deal. Um, you may not have everything right. You may not know all the right words and all that stuff. And that doesn't matter. God cares about your heart, that you love him and that you love your neighbor and that you're living this stuff out. And, uh, it's not showing off. Jesus said that, you know, uh, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father. And when you know and love God, you're going to do his will. You love someone, you're going to do stuff for them. Liz and I have been married forever. I was 10, she was 8. Not true, but anyway, <laughs> right? Long time, 50. I'm not, I went to Franklin, I'm not good at math. Uh, well, whatever. 52 years, I think. Yeah, that sounds good. We'll, we'll take that one, right? I do stuff for her all the time. 
I don't have to do it. I don't have to do anything for her. But I do stuff for her because I love her. And I know what she likes. I know what her will is. Does that make any sense? Okay, and so I do it. In your relationship with someone, you know what, you know, you know what's going on. Well, as we're in this relationship with God, we know what His will is. He, He wants us just to love Him. It's not rocket science. It's not being religious. It's just that relationship. And so He wants us just to follow Him. So, so when we know and love God, you know, we're gonna do it. And, and, uh, Jesus is saying the true Lord of our life is revealed by our actions, not by our declarations. You can say stuff all day long, but God wants to know, just do, do you love me? You know, uh, do you care about me? Jesus is saying to choose the narrow gate and the narrow road. And this is what I'm saying. Choose Jesus. And that will make all the difference in your life. One of my favorite poets is Robert Frost. I was at visiting a person this week, and they said they liked Robert Frost, and they started quoting a poem, and I joined in because I knew it by heart because I'm crazy. One of his poems is stopping by the woods, you know, not, not, one is, is the road not taken. Okay. And, and he talks about two roads that diverge in a yellow wood and he kind of goes on a little bit, but the, but the punchline is the very end. And I think it's a punchline for us. I shall be telling this with a sigh somewhere ages and ages hence two roads diverged in a wood. And I, I took the one less traveled by and that's made all the difference. Jesus is saying, take, take my road. I am the way, the truth and the life. Let's just bow our heads for a second. Maybe you never come to that place that you have chosen Jesus. It's not saying the magic words. You're just saying, Lord, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to get baptized. I'm going to get up and go to work. And I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. And I'm, and I'm going to trust you. So if you've never done that, I challenge you it, to do that. You know, and there's a little paper you can fill out or whatever like that. But, but most of us have already done that. We just need to learn how to do this stuff. We just need to simply love God and simply love our neighbor. God knows our heart. And he knows your heart. And he knows that you love him. So, Father, just thank you that you loved us first. Help us, God, to learn to live these things out. Amen. If you have one of these, take it out and open it up if you can. If you if you take it and kind of push it down, it kind of breaks it and you can get it open. I had trouble the first service getting this thing open. So we do communion every Sunday. The early church got when they we get together, they would share communion together. It's a family meal, uh, remembering what Jesus did and what He told us to do. So if you can get it open, I had a rough time in the first service. I practiced before you guys got here to get this one open. So I'm sorry about that. I said this last week. I'm, I, I read all the time and study all the time. Um, 
I'm reading a book right now. The guy talked about how the communion is, is like a like a time machine. It takes us back to when Jesus first instituted the communion at the Last Supper. And Jesus said to them, do this remembrance of me. And then Jesus said, I won't do this again until we do it in the kingdom of God in heaven. And so it takes us back to we remember what Jesus did. But we're also going to remember one day we're going to do this with him in heaven, which will be awesome at the marriage supper of the Lamb. So we always say the Lord's Prayer as a little centering part. So let's say this prayer. If you don't know it, it'll be on the screen. So let's just say this together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread, and he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup. He says, this cup is a new covenant in my blood, new relationship. Do this in remembrance of me. The apostle Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, and he said this. He said, as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we're proclaiming the Lord's death until he returns. We're remembering what Jesus did, and we're reminded of what we're supposed to do too. Amen. Let's all stand. Grab someone's hand beside you if you want to. If you don't want to, don't. Grab one of these little sheets on the way out and go buy some toys and bring them back unwrapped and stick in the front room. And be nice when you hang out with your family this week at Thanksgiving. Got that? Everybody's got a crazy uncle. Right? And if you don't know who it is, it could be you. So be nice to each other. So let's say a prayer. So Lord, we thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace. Thank you, Lord, that we can come and worship you, but also learn how that we can grow and live this stuff out. So God, use us as we go from this place. Help our hands to be your hands, God, as we reach out to people, that we lift them up and encourage them. Help us our feet as we go to demonstrate your love to people. Thank you, Lord, for this time of year. Thank you for our country. Thank you that we can gather and remember all the things you've done for us, Lord. God, as we remember what you've done for us, God, help us to pass it on to others and do things for them. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. Bless you. Have a good Thanksgiving.